Gentlemen, welcome to the Gird Up Podcast. We are glad that you are with us as we get started. A friendly reminder that nothing we say here is meant to be perceived as the official statement of doctrine or belief of any particular school, church, or calling body. We are not affiliated with any particular school, church, or calling body, and that everything we say here is simply the belief or opinion of the man who states it and nothing more. Let's get started with the show. Today's podcast is sponsored by the Christ for Disciples podcast. I'm Pastor Paul Steinberg, son of a Ken and father of five sons. Each weekday on the Christ for Disciples podcast, I apply God's word to raising the next generation. Take 10 minutes each weekday to listen to the Christ for Disciples podcast and get direction and gospel power to disciple the youngest generation. Subscribe to the Christ for Disciples podcast by going to ChristForDisciples.com or searching on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and whatever else. ChristForDisciples.com. What's up, gentlemen? Welcome to the Gird Up Podcast. This is the Agogi. This is where young men learn to be the man that God created them to be. Today we're talking about house rule number two. House rule number one, of course, was whatever hurts my brother hurts me. House rule number two that we're talking about today is leave it better than you found it. Leave better than found. Now, this is like the third time I've recorded this podcast, um, and I'll tell you why in just a second. But before we do, check out this awesome shirt. Man, it's actually it's a little bit dirty because I was wearing it all day. But this shirt is dope. I love it. It's got Paul's three guidelines for young men in Scripture. You can get yours. All the information is at the end of the podcast. Those proceeds don't go to me. They don't go to my college fund or something like that. They just go right back into the podcast to keep making great stuff for you guys and for men all over the world who need to hear our message. And before we go any farther, make sure you like and subscribe. Hit that like button. Hit the subscribe button. Make sure that you know what's coming out and when we make new content. The broadcasts, these Agogi episodes, the podcasts, all that stuff is available here. Apple Music, Spotify, all the places that you listen to your podcasts are available there too. Make sure you like and subscribe and give us a five-star rating and review so that everybody knows just how awesome this podcast is. Let's get to it. You are listening to the Gird Up Podcast. To gird up is an ancient way of preparing oneself for hard work or a battle ahead. Our work is to reclaim masculinity in the modern world and to live out our calling as men of God. Here you will find a community of believers working hard to become the men that God created us to be. Now it's time to roll up your sleeves and let's get to work. All right, gentlemen, like I said, it's like the fourth or fifth time I've tried to record this video, and I'm not even making it up. And the reason I keep recording it over and over and over again is I want to be really super clear about something in particular. The reason that we do good things as Christians, the reason that we try and leave the world better than we found it, the reason we try and leave people better than we found them, it has nothing to do with our ability to earn heaven. It has nothing to do with our ability to prove our faith. It has nothing to do with anything other than us wanting to glorify our Father in heaven. There's way too many Christians, way too many Christian churches out there that will tell you things like, in order to have real faith, in order to prove that your faith is genuine, there's a certain number of good works you need to do, or that your good needs to outweigh your bad, or even that you're not actually saved if you don't do good works. And that's not the point of good works at all. A lot of Christian churches will also tell you things like, my good works combined with Jesus' love for me, that's what gets me into heaven. And now when I do good things on this earth, God will bless me in proportion to the good things that I do. In other words, if I do good things, God will do good things for me. And if I don't do as many good things, God won't do as many good things for me. And that's false doctrine 
two. None of that is true. None of those are the reasons that we do good works. Karma is not a Christian doctrine. When we get put good out into the world, good is not always going to come back to us. What we're going to receive is exactly what the Lord wanted us to receive. Whether we do good works or not, he's going to give us what we need so that we might spend eternity with him. And so I don't want anyone to get that message from what I'm saying today. I want you to understand the real reason why we do what we do. See, each one of us, you and I, and all people who have ever lived at all time are sinners. Adam and Eve were created perfect in the garden, but they sinned, and you're familiar with that story. And after they sinned, every single one of their descendants, including you and me, has been born sinful. In fact, we've been conceived in sin even before we were born into this world. When we were still in the womb, we were completely sinful. And that means that we've been corrupted to the very core. It means that there is nothing good living in us that we can't even do good on our own. But the Lord loves us, and he didn't want to leave us broken in death and sin. He wasn't going to leave us condemned, and so he sent his son to redeem us, to renew us, to restore us, and to give us the opportunity to spend eternity with him. Now, we do not live in that eternity yet. Unfortunately, we still are stuck on this earth and in these sinful bodies, and I can't tell you why. The Bible tells us that the Lord knows who is going to be saved and who is not. He hasn't destined anyone to be condemned, but he does know who is going to love him and serve him. And and I can't tell you why he's decided that we need to spend time on this earth. But the reality is, as Christians, our time on this earth is simply a waiting room, waiting to go to the next world where we will get to live in the perfection and glory of God's love. When we go to heaven, it will be like living in the Garden of Eden in that perfection that Adam and Eve experienced. That's the ultimate goal, to spend eternity with God in a place where there is no sin. And you and I as Christians believe that God has already done the work to earn that salvation. So right now while I'm here on earth, I can't do anything to improve my station in heaven. All I can do is cling to my Heavenly Father and patiently wait for the day He calls me home. Now, the normal catechism answer to the question, why do we do good things, is a pretty good answer. We do good works out of thanks to the Savior who loves us and has given us life. And that's true. My life can be and ought to be a giant thank you letter to Jesus saying, Lord, I know what you've done for me and I'm going to pay it back. And when we recognize that our ultimate goal is to spend eternity in heaven with our Heavenly Father, we recognize that this is not our home. This is not where we belong. This is not where we're going to stay. This is only a temporary place. I like to think about it as house sitting. God created this world with his own hands. He breathed life into my very lungs and everything here in this universe belongs to him. He designed it. He set it in place. He put it in order. He started the world moving. He continues the universe moving and he's the one in control. It's his house and I'm just living in it for a while. Now, if you've ever done any house sitting, I haven't done a lot of house sitting, but I've done enough and I've, you know, fed the cat for people and things like that. But if you've ever done any house sitting, you recognize just how much pressure there is involved in that. You don't want to be the one, you don't want to be the one who got left in charge when the basement flooded or somebody broke into the garage or the cat ran away or something like that. The pressure is pretty big because you want the house to be in order when the person who owns the house comes back. And that probably means that your behavior is going to change a little bit. When you're at home, you might not wash the dishes after every meal and put them away. You might not be so careful about eating on the couch. You might not worry so much about how you keep the house all the time. You just clean it up when you feel like it. But when you're in somebody else's home, you take a lot more care. You clean up your messes as soon as you make them. You try and leave the house better than you found it. 
so that your friends will continue to trust you, so that they'll pay you if they're paying you, and so that they know they can trust you again in the future. You love the people you're house-sitting for, or at least you respect them, and they respect you and love you, and you want to maintain that relationship with them so you take really good care of their stuff while they're gone. Well, it's true about our world, too. And of course, that means we do the big things, like we recycle, we separate the garbage from the recycling, and we, we try not to waste anything, we don't throw food away, all that kind of stuff. All that kind of stuff is good and important, right? We don't want to, we try not to cut down on our carbon emissions. All of that is good. But stewardship, and that's really what we're talking about today, the idea of us taking care of the things that God has given us, that's stewardship, that's what we call it at church. Stewardship is about so much more than that. Stewardship is also about how we behave on a daily basis when we're not making great efforts to save the world. Do we take good care of the everyday blessings that God gives us? Do I keep my car clean so that it doesn't rust, so that I can keep it for longer and make good use of it? Do I tend my lawn and garden so that it looks beautiful and I can enjoy the things that God has given me even more? Do I take care of my clothes and refuse to waste money? Or when I'm done with my clothes, do I donate them instead of throwing them away? Do I waste things and destroy them just because I can? Or do I take good care of them, recognizing that everything that I have is given to me by a Heavenly Father who opens his hands and lavishly pours out his blessings upon me. You and I as Christian men recognize that we don't actually own anything on this earth, that anything can be taken from us by the one who gave these things to us, our Heavenly Father, at any time and at any place. The most extreme example of that is that we don't choose when we're born and we don't choose when we die. You don't get to choose your parents, your skin color, your hair color, your body type. You don't get to choose any of those things. You don't get to choose your accent. You don't get to choose your voice. You don't get to choose how intelligent you are. You don't get to choose where you're born. We also don't get to control when we die. Now, we might be able to manipulate the factors a little bit, but the reality is when God calls us home, when God calls us home, it's time to go home. And if he's decided it isn't our time yet, it won't be our time. You and I don't even have ownership over our lives. And we definitely don't have ownership over what happened before and after our lives. Everything we have here, everything we own here is simply borrowed from the people that came before us and the people that came behind us. God's people, the people of God, the people who were created by God. Ultimately, the things that we have are all borrowed from God. And when our Father comes again, when Jesus comes back to judge... He will call us to account for how we use the time and talents and abilities and blessings that he gave us. And while, like I said, my good works aren't contributing to my salvation, I do want, on the last day, to see my Heavenly Father be able to look him in the eye and say, Lord, I did what I could with what you gave me. I have faithfully served you, I have walked with you all the way, and I am so glad that you loved me enough to save me. I am so glad to call you my Father. I'm so proud to be your son. One of my favorite stories of the New Testament is the story of the lame man that Peter and I think it's John. I don't know. But one of my favorite stories is the story in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, where Peter heals a man who is unable to walk in the temple courts. And that man, because he couldn't walk, was condemned to a life of pain, of poverty. He was a beggar. Literally, he begged for a living. And that's not much of a life to live. I can only imagine what that's like. Certainly isn't a life full of joy and happiness and fulfillment. But compared to the future I faced before my Savior came and rescued me, that eternity separated from God in hell with the tempter, that eternity separated from God in hell, that man's 
plight wasn't really all that bad. When Peter healed the man in the name of Jesus, the man didn't just get up and walk away and say thank you. The man got up and started running around the temple area, jumping and leaping and praising God. He wanted to tell everyone what God had done for him. He wanted to make sure everybody knew who had healed him and why he was now able to walk, even though he'd spent his whole life sitting on a mat. Now, I can only imagine what it's like to be a cripple who can't walk and has to beg for a living. And I hope and pray that I never have to experience that and that you don't either. But the truth is, my spiritual condition is far worse than that man's physical condition ever was. Before my Savior came back for me and died for me and took away my guilt, I was condemned to die. Not just to die on this earth, but to die for all eternity. To spend all eternity a never-ending time in hell with the devil himself. But because my Savior loved me and took my place on the cross, because he took the burden of my sin and paid the price in full, I no longer have to face that punishment. And that's a much greater gift than a lame man being told he can walk. That's a gift of life that can never be overestimated. That's a gift of life that we can never really truly imagine. That's a gift that we can never say enough thanks for. That's a gift we can never be enthusiastic enough about. If I really can conceive the goodness of the Lord and the way he has loved me, I will not stop thanking him with my words and with my life. And one of the best ways for me to thank him, obviously, is to worship. But the second way, the second best way to do that is to take the things that he gives me and leave them all better than I found them. Not because I think that by those actions I might earn heaven or improve my station or even be more loved by Jesus, but simply because I am incredibly thankful for a gift that I can never repay. And I'm so excited about this free gift of love that I can't help telling and showing the world what has been done for me by what I think, do, and say every single day. If I really believe that Jesus has died for every single person on the face of this earth, how can I not tell them the wonderful things that God has done? How can I not witness to them the joy that's in my life? How could I ever behave as if I do not know the love of a Savior? That's what it means to leave things better than I found them. That's what rule number two, leave better than found, really means. Whether it's things, whether it's people, Leave everything you encounter better than you found them. And the best way to do that is to start with a smile and make sure that you're serving your Heavenly Father in everything that you do. I love you, fellas. God's blessings. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. Be the man that God created you to be. Thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. If you like what you're hearing on our podcast, make sure you're sharing it with friends and family, men in your life who you think need to hear our message. You can find us on social media, on Facebook under the Gird Up Podcast, and there's a Gird Up community as well there where you can interact with other men on the journey toward Christian manhood. You can find us on Instagram as girdup underscore like underscore a underscore man. If you'd like to help us bring our message to more men just like you all around the world, you can hit up our Patreon account. Type in www.patreon.com forward slash girdup. And finally, please leave a five-star rating or review on whatever platform you use to listen to our podcast, whether it's iTunes or Spotify. What that does is it helps us get more attention in the podcast world and bring more men to our message. 
Thank you again for listening to our podcast. Thank you for all the ways you support us and help spread the word. Until next time, go gird up and be the man that God created you to be.